Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time of day it is when you may tune in. This is Minister Kay Mortimer with Covenant Truth Ministries. And I'd like to bring one final message in our Higher Goals series. This will be a fairly short message, but I'd like to conclude the way that Paul concludes Philippians chapter 3, which we've been talking about in these few messages. And I'd like to go back and read, beginning from verse 17, in the last part of this, we discussed the verses through 16, verse 16 of Philippians chapter 3. So today I'd like to pick up the reading with verse 17 and read through the end of the chapter. Brethren, join in following my example and note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is their, is in their shame, who set their mind on earthly things. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body, that it may be conformed to his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. Paul has told us about his higher goals, including that he counts everything up to Christ as nothing. He doesn't want to boast in the flesh at all. His higher goal is gaining Christ, being found in him, knowing him as the greatest goal and reward of all and the superior aim of all of life here on earth. But he also tells us that it's not just the superior aim of all of life here on earth, but also the beyond. So now he concludes this chapter by directing us and showing us his example of longing for and awaiting the beyond. You see, beloved friend, there's more than just this life. We have one life to live here. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, that it is appointed to men once to die. And after this, the judgment. After this, we will face our eternal destination, whatever that is, from the choice that we made in this life. There is no such thing as reincarnation. That's a lie from the pit of hell. When we die, we die one time, and then we will find ourselves in the eternity, in the destiny that we chose based upon whether we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ for our own personal salvation or not. The question always is, what have you done with Jesus? Do you believe, not just in him? The Bible says the devils believe in him but they're not saved at all. It's more than that. You've got to believe in him in the way that the scriptures talk about, in the way that Paul talked about in Romans, for instance. Believing and resting your eternal destiny in the finished work that he did on the cross to pay your sin debt in full and believing that he did in fact do that and that God, in fact, has accepted that payment by raising Jesus 
from the dead. And in doing so, we have a guarantee of an inheritance in Christ Jesus because he was the first fruits from the dead, Paul said. So now Paul is directing us for all who believe in Jesus Christ, who truly are born again and know him, to realize that the aim and the higher goal of being with him and knowing him stretches even beyond this life here on earth. He starts in verse 20. That's where we want to focus on today, verse 20 and 21. He starts with the simple fact that is true for every single true born-again believer whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life, that our citizenship, our homeland, the country that we are citizens of, is in heaven. It is not here. Our home is not here. We are pilgrims passing through. Jesus said it like this in John chapter 17, that we are in the world, but we are not of it. Hebrews 11 speaks of all the saints who kept waiting for their homeland, their true home, because they knew their true home is not here. Hebrews chapter 12 speaks of the eternal home in the kingdom that will not pass away that we have. So Paul says our citizenship, in other words, we are part of a state or a national government, a nation, a community, a commonwealth of people that is not here, but in heaven. How did we become citizens of that country? How does anyone become a citizen of heaven? The only way is through faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God come in the flesh, believing in him, not just believing that he existed, that he was a good person, that he may have been a prophet, that he may have done good things, not even believing that, that he died on the cross and that his blood was nice, but you got to add more to it. No, it's none of that. It's believing in Jesus and him alone that your sins can be washed away and are washed away by the precious blood of Jesus, the holy, divine Son of the living God who never sinned and had that blood that was perfect that washes our sins away. Believing in Jesus who will write our names in the Lamb's book of life, who will write down every person who will be born again. He came to Nicodemus in John chapter 3, and he said, you must be born again. And when you are born again and your sins are washed away, God the Father, the righteous judge, imputes righteousness to you. He credits it to your account, the righteousness of God in Christ. That's the same righteousness that Paul spoke about in an earlier verse of this same chapter that he wants to be found in. He wants to be found in Jesus, in the righteousness of God that has been granted to him through Christ, not in his own righteousness. And when this happens, when anyone, when anyone will choose Jesus Christ, will repent of their sins, confess their sins, 
and ask Jesus to forgive them of their sins and to wash their sins away, they will be born again. They will be saved. And their names will be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Beloved friend, the Lamb's Book of Life is the heavenly registry of its citizens. I want to read a couple of verses to you that will point this out to us. First of all, let's read Jesus' words himself, because he speaks of our names being written in heaven. He had sent out 70 disciples to get some on-the-job training to go and minister on his behalf. And so they came back and they started reporting to him all the things that had happened and they were amazed. You know, even the demons were subject to them. And he tells them, he says, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I do give you power over the work of the enemy, but that's not what you rejoice in. Read in Luke chapter 10, verse 20. It says this, nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. These are his disciples. These are the ones who have believed in him, who are following him, who are obeying him. These are the ones that have made him their Lord and Savior. And he says, this is what you rejoice in. Your names are written in heaven. I want to go back to Psalm chapter 87. In Psalm chapter 87, I want to read verses 5 and 6. And of Zion it will be said, this one and that one were born in her, and the Most High himself shall establish her. The Lord will record when he registers the people, this one was born there. Jesus came on the scene and he spoke to a man named Nicodemus, who was a Pharisee who was a rabbi of rabbis, who knew the Old Testament backwards and forwards. And Jesus chided him because he did not know what being born again was all about. This in Psalm 87, verse 5 and 6 is one place in the Old Testament. There are at least three that I have found, and I've spoken about this in the past. Matter of fact, on my website, I have a special video that was done about being born again. And is it found in the Old Testament? And yes, it is. There are three witnesses in the Old Testament. The author of Psalm 87 here is one of those who speaks about those who will be born again. When you look it up in John chapter 3, born again is born from above. Born from above. What above? The heavenly Mount Zion that, that this psalmist is talking about here. And he says that the Lord's going to say, this one and that one are born in her. And the Most High himself shall establish her. The Lord will record when he registers the people, this one was born there. So when someone is born again of the Spirit of the living God, Jesus, the Lord, writes their names in heaven, just like he did and spoke about in Luke chapter 10, verse 20. He writes them in his special book. It's called the Lamb's Book of Life. It's the heavenly registry of all its citizens. Everyone who's born again 
our names are written there. If we are born from above, born by the Spirit of the living God. It's been said that if you're born only once, you will die twice because you will be party to the second death, which will cause you to find your eternal destiny in the lake of fire in hell because you've rejected Jesus Christ. But if you're born twice, meaning that you're born physically, but you're also born again by the Spirit of the living God, you will only die once. You'll only die a physical death here in this life, but you will live eternally with Jesus because our citizenship is in heaven. In Revelation chapter 20, verse 12 and 15, and in Revelation 21, verse 27, it tells us very clearly that the only citizens of heaven are those whose names are in fact written in the Lamb's book of life. No one else will be there. Only citizens whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life, the heavenly citizenry registry, only those will be in heaven. So Paul is saying here to all who are born again of the Spirit of the living God, our citizenship is in heaven. Now Paul explains, he says, it's from heaven, which is where Jesus is right now, that he is coming for us. We are still here on earth, but while we are here, he says, we're eagerly waiting, expecting fully and patiently without giving up, knowing that it's a fact. He is coming and we're living with anticipation and expectation with excitement and delight in that, in that knowledge. I can't wait to see Jesus. There was an old song in the 70s that the Pat Terry group sang. I can't wait to see Jesus. And he put it in English, layman's terms, common terms about what he expected to some degree. And, and it's a very cute little song, but there's so much truth in it. Anticipation and expectation. Jesus is coming. He is coming. He is coming back. He is coming for us. And while we are here, let us eagerly await his coming. That's what Paul was doing. Paul was eagerly awaiting it. Because when Jesus comes, Paul knows he's going to transform our lowly bodies. He's going to change our form, make us into and totally remodel us from these humble, human, lowly bodies in our low estate into a form and a fashion, a manner similar to his glorious body. And Paul says it's through the working that he will do efficiently and effectively with his ability and power that will be obeyed, his supernatural power that when he speaks it is done and there are no limits. It will be obeyed. The work will be done, completed, and will be effective. So Paul's higher goals of knowing Jesus, knowing him, being found in him, loving him, gaining him, not only is for now while we are here in this life, but it is also 
to come. It's in the beyond, culminating in seeing Jesus being made like his glorious body, being with him and knowing him forever. And while we're here, Paul says that we eagerly await that glorious day with full expectation, anticipation, and delight. Is that you, my beloved friend? Are you eagerly awaiting and fully expecting Jesus to come? He could come at any minute. I truly believe that. I truly believe that. He could either come for us individually, calling us home, through the door of death perhaps, at any moment. We don't know that day or that hour. And he can also come for his church at any moment. He said, you don't know the day or the hour, but to be watching, to be waiting, to be expecting him to come back. Because he made that promise, Jesus is coming back and we have a heavenly home that is waiting for us, for all whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And then the highest goal of all and the full reward that we could ever have even dreamed of more than we could have dreamed of will be granted to us because Jesus is that reward. And we will be able to see him, be with him forever, know him forever. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. I pray that this has been a blessing to you. And Lord willing, you can join us again for future messages from Covenant Truth Ministries. God bless you today in Jesus' name. Amen.